What's up, everyone? I want to tell you about a car that you are going to love. Check it out. The all-new Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe is equipped with everything you need to break free from the dull work week and embark on an adventurous weekend with your family. The all-new Hyundai Santa Fe's features like available H-Track all-wheel drive, standard third-row seating, I love that, available dual wireless charging pads, ensure that you can take on any adventure. So let's say you're ready to take the family on a camping trip or something like that. The Santa Fe is perfect for you. You've got all-wheel drive. You can load everyone up in the third row. It's time to start being adventurous, and you need the right car, and that's the Hyundai 2024 Santa Fe. Learn more about the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe at HyundaiUSA.com. Call 562-314-4603 for complete details. This is Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. On his way to the end zone. I'll tell you what, that was a spectacular play. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. What a play! Off to the races! some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, Heath, and Ben. Well, I hope you started Robert Woods. Three-fourths of his managers did start Robert Woods, so that is a good thing. Welcome to the show. This is the Friday edition of Fantasy Football Today. We've got the NFC home games, including one in London that will not have Calvin Ridley. But this is going to be a pretty good game and a pretty good slate, rather, and hopefully an awesome podcast. Adam Azer, Dave Richard, and Jamie Eisenberg. Happy Friday, fellas. What's going on, Dave? What's up, dude? How are you? I'm good. I really, even when it was kind of a low-scoring, sloppy first half, I really enjoyed that game. We had a double punt. I've never <laughs> right. seen that before. It was, it was a good game last night. It's been a it great year. It was crazy year. how, uh, you know, usually Joe Buck, Troy Aikman, Mike Pereira, they're on their A game. Mm-hmm. But they, were, they weren't sure about whether or not the double punt was legal. And then the referees missed that the punter was past the line of scrimmage when he punted the second time. If you slow it down, though, it looks like he actually was behind the line. Okay. Really? When he seemed like all kinds of chicanery was going on, but I am all for the double punt moving forward. I have not. Let's see it again. Let's see it again. I think they have to address that because if you cannot, the penalty is not severe enough. A 10-yard penalty or re-kick it with 10 yards deeper, 10 yards after the end of the play, you should not be able to punt the ball twice. It's like throwing a pass twice. You can't, if you're a quarterback, you throw a pass, it gets deflected, and you catch it, you can't throw what it What should again. the penalty be? They should be? He should be ejected? He should be down at the spot of the kick like he got tackled. You should not be able to, to punt the ball twice. I what am, should the penalty be if the commissioner is uh, not good in your fantasy? <laughs> I don't know. I don't have any experience with that. Let me give you five quick, quick questions. I mean, two-word answers. Uh, you can, Ten-word answers at the most. Uh, for the NFC home games. Then we'll get into the double punt game. Will a Dolphins running back rush for 15 yards against the Bucks? No. Malcolm Brown. Okay. Will De- 16 yards on 18 carries. There you go. Will DeAndre Swift have one of his great games or one of his average games at Minnesota? Average. Better than average, but not great. You'll be happy. 15 PPR points on the nose. Will Corey Davis have one of his great games or one of his terrible games against the Falcons in London? Great game. Great game. Will Daniel Jones have a big game at Dallas? Yes. Uh... Is there a good sleeper wide receiver on the Falcons not named Patterson? Olamide Zacchaeus. Olamide Zacchaeus. (laughs) 
<laughs> that guy too. All right, good stuff. Rams twenty six. Uh, oh god, I, mean, I picked up a lot of days of Kias in a league yesterday. Wow. Rams twenty six, Seattle seventeen, and again, the Seattle Seahawks. Why is why is their run defense so bad? Get off the field. Their time of possession is terrible. Twenty six minutes fifty seven seconds in this game. But the big news, obviously, Russell Wilson sprained finger. Stafford also hurt his finger, but obviously he played through it. Uh, so, Wilson, we can react when we get more news. We were talking before the show. You know, Dr. Chow said he thinks he can play in week six with a pin in his finger. Uh, but Rappaport said they haven't ruled out surgery. So we'll see what happens. But obviously, our, our fingers are crossed for Russell Wilson. Jamie, major takeaway from this game from the Seahawks side. Um, besides the quarterback, yeah. uh, Alex Collins, I thought played okay. I wish he would have got more touches. I like when they used him in the passing game later in the game. Um, but game flow, you know, I think was uh, a little bit in his, uh, not in his favor, especially once, once Russell Wilson got hurt. So we'll see what happens with Chris Carson moving forward, but I wouldn't be, uh, I, I wouldn't be too down on Alex Collins despite the low fantasy production. Okay, and DJ Dallas got in there a little bit too, but mostly it was... So Travis Hummers. Yeah, go Canes. And by the way, if you didn't watch the game, what were you doing with your plans last night? Come on. You didn't watch the game. Tyler Lockett could have had such a big game. I mean, this guy was just flirting with production. What did he end up with? He ended up with... Uh, five for 57. Five, five for 57 on 10 targets. I mean, that's a, that's a bad game, but he drew a 47-yard pass interference. He was going to catch that ball. Uh, he had a touchdown catch called back late in the first half. He was open on a deep ball on the play that Wilson got hurt. Wilson missed him. And he, and he, tripped, and he tripped on the interception. He tripped on the interception. He also had almost a touchdown from Geno Smith uh, on their second-to-last drive. So he was so close to having this huge game. But, what do we, I mean, it's three bad games in a row now for Lockett. Which means next week he's going to go nuts. <laughs> obvious start next week. I mean, you got to have better options, a lot of better options to start. Remember, we're getting to the buys next week. Yeah, so, but we might have Geno Smith next week. <laughs> uh, you might have Geno Smith next week, so obviously take that into account. Or less than 100% Pitt- Russell Wilson. What, Dave? And it's at Pittsburgh. Yeah, it's at Pittsburgh. Okay, uh, Dave, takeaways from the Rams. Oh, Matthew Stafford probably should have had a slightly better game. you got to love the yardage. You wish that he had more touchdowns obviously one isn't good but we saw the running game come alive and Henderson and Michelle had a couple of um, short yardage scores that's good to see for them but I wish that Stafford had had one of them I think the big topic is Robert Woods and the fact that Sean McVay came through and said that he would give find more opportunities for Robert Woods and boy did he ever 14 targets 12 catches 150 yards and a lot of the things that he was doing in this game were the same things that he was doing in previous games. Those in-breaking routes, he's a master. He gets open then. Stafford just wasn't looking for him. So, obviously, he got drilled into Stafford's head. Get this guy involved. And he did, and they were able to move the chains. I think it'll make their offense better. If they continue to use Robert Woods, I would be very confident using Robert Woods moving forward. I would not see him as a sell-high candidate. Okay, that's good to know. What did you make of the usage for Daryl Henderson and Sonny Michelle. Now, some of Michelle's carries came when Henderson left with a bit of an injury. Arm injury. Yeah. At the end of the game, it's 17 carries, 82 yards, and a touchdown for Henderson. It's 11 carries, 37 yards, and a touchdown for Michelle. They both had one catch. Dave, can we rely on Daryl Henderson for a big role on a weekly basis? He now has a touchdown in three of four games that he's played. 
yeah, he's he is a top 15 fantasy running back moving forward. He played 66% of the snaps in a game that he left with an arm injury in the second quarter, and he came back in the second half. I just wish he had a little bit more work in the passing game, Adam. He had that great catch and run in the first half for 17 yards. Didn't quite get to 21 receiving yards and cost me a little chunk of change, but we'll, we'll, <laughs> we'll get that streak going next week. Here's what uh, McVay said about the running backs after the game, um, that this was part of a longer-term plan for both of them. Uh, that's a good balance. They both did a nice job tonight. Each game is kind of its own entity, but I thought tonight they spelled each other and did a great job. Uh, uh, Jordan Rodriguez says that this is something you can expect moving forward as both guys playing. Right. Yeah, I mean, remember, they, they brought in Michelle for a reason. Uh, he said They said he didn't know the playbook uh, week one. Week three is forced into action, so clearly he picked things up by then. And, you know, I think you got to expect that he's going to get more work moving forward. And and Stafford said after the game, because they made a point of saying how they weren't finishing drives in the first half, um, that for him, he likes to see the way that the game unfold last night. Not great for fantasy, obviously, but he said, we'll, we love throwing the ball to get down there and let the big guys, you know, clear the way and let the running back score at the end. So who knows if that's going to be a little bit more of Sony Michelle in those short yard situations, but... You know, I, I think you should feel good if you held on to him. Anybody that dropped him was making a mistake because of the Henderson injury potential. Um, but now you're looking at a scenario of maybe he can be a flex if they're going to give him enough work. And that's got always the Giants next week in Adams' backyard. And then after that, Lions, Texans, Titans, 49ers. Yeah, it's crazy. Uh, it's yeah, a great 49ers are probably 49ers or Giants have to be their toughest matchup now. Yeah, in the next month. Giants. And I, I know Blake Martinez. Probably not a very tough matchup. Right. So it's probably the Niners game. Um, I appreciate Sean McVay uh, featuring Robert Woods the way he did. Made a lot of people some money with the props there. And uh, DK Metcalf having a great game and staying under six catches too. I appreciate that also. Hey, nice. We get Sean McVay to say that I've got. I'm. He's going to find a way to get me opportunities to win the Powerball. <laughs> it sounds like what's going on with McVay is every time he talks about getting a guy opportunities, he's actually telling the truth. I hope, he, I hope he keeps up. I hope he keeps being honest. All right. That is Los Angeles 26, Seattle 17. A reminder for you here. Make sure you get those lineups set early because there is a 9.30 a.m. game. It is the Jets and the Falcons. It is in <sighs> London. And those are always fun. Yeah, a little breakfast, watch a little football. Uh, and Calvin Ridley will not play. He's not making the trip for personal reasons. So let's just talk about that real quick here. And, and what did it do in the rankings, Jamie, for... For Cordaro Patterson, for everybody, how did it affect the Falcons when you learned that Calvin Ridley was not going to be playing in this game? Uh, I bumped Patterson up a couple spots. I bumped Kyle Pitts up one spot. You know, obviously, you're going to expect some more targets for them. Uh, you hope that they deliver. You know, um, Zacchaeus obviously is going to get a, a bump. You know, we'll see what things mean for him. Tajay Sharp. You know, we'll see if uh, he's able to make some plays. Um, you got to downgrade Matt, uh, Matt, excuse me, Matt Ryan uh, just based on not having Ridley in there. So. This is a game, though, they should be able to run the ball. I mean, the Jets' run defense stinks. So hopefully, you know, Mike Davis and, and Patterson on the ground, they get going in that regard. But it's it's just unfortunate. You know, you hope obviously everything's okay with Calvin Ridley. So, But in, in any event, um, should be more for Patterson, should be more for Pitts, should be a little bit for the other receivers. And, and Mike Davis hopefully picks up some additional targets in the passing game also. I got one more name. Hayden Hurst is probably going to see a lot more playing time for them. Uh, Zacchaeus was mixing outside and in the slot when Ridley was healthy or when Ridley was playing. We don't know if he's necessarily unhealthy. Um, and now that Ridley's not there, I would imagine that Zacchaeus will play a lot more outside. And Hurst is somebody that they've used in the slot quite a bit. 
So we're going to see Arthur Smith work his uh, versatility magic with his offense, and I bet it'll end up being a lot more work for Hurst. If you're in a tight end premium league, double-check to make sure he's available. Uh, even if you're desperate, if you're streaming for tight ends in a PPR league, Hurst should be on the radar, not necessarily a priority. Yeah, he. Uh, I did pick him up in the Scott Fishbowl. Now I just have to see if I can start him. But, yeah, uh, yeah it's, a, it's a good idea. Thank, thank you, Dave. Uh, Calvin Ridley, by the way, out for personal reasons. So, yeah, again, like Jamie said, we hope everything is okay with Calvin Ridley. He personally doesn't want to fly to London and lose to the Jets. Yeah, I still think the Falcons are going to win. No. So there you go. I don't. But, but Cordero Patterson, did he not become, is he just a total must, like top 12-ish kind of guy? Yeah. Right. Yes. Yeah, he was that. He was already there for me. This okay. solidifies it. Yeah, the Jets give up the most <laughs> most receiving yards per game to running backs. So that's something to keep in mind. And that might benefit Mike Davis more than Patterson because yeah, Patterson yeah. could be playing a lot of wide receiver in this Right. Game. This actually might hurt Patterson, to be honest. You know, I don't think anybody's benching him, but, you know, you, you might see a scenario where if they if they scheme him up more as a wide receiver and the Jets take that away, uh, if he's not in the backfield because they need him, you know, so it's just something to take, to take into account. Mm. Who would have thought through four games that the Jets would have allowed the fewest passing touchdowns in the NFL? Two. The Falcons have allowed either the most or the second. I think they've allowed the most. All right. We're going Azer versus analysts bet here. I'm taking the fat. What's the spread? Uh, uh, favorite. I don't know if that changes. Let me double check. I'll check with Caesar Sportsbook right now. The last time we made a bet like this, there were sandwiches eaten mm. and mustaches <laughs> not grown. <laughs> Are we doing uh we doing a redo here 12 years later i'll break out the brown pants oh sure i'll i'll uh whatever it is man but i, I falcons are gonna win while you look that falcons up are three point favorites three point? i see two and a half at caesar sportsbook okay so i'm not taking the spread i'm just taking the falcons do you want an edge while setting your dfs lineups check out the fantasy football today dfs podcast Got, it's got all the DFS insights that you need to dominate. Frank Stample, Mike McClure, Sian Ajad, they're providing cash and GPP analysis on Tuesdays and Thursdays, deep dives into pricing and matchups. These are true DFS experts. Listen to them and listen to the Fantasy Football Today DFS podcast wherever you listen to FFT. And a reminder, CBS Sports HQ, every, week, every weekend, every Sunday, it's 10 a.m. to 1 Eastern, but this, this week, week, 9, right? 9 a.m. this week. Yeah. So we're getting started early, so make sure you check out HQ on the app, on your Roku. Just download the CBS Sports app, whatever it is, your Apple TV, and uh, get some great fantasy football analysis, some gambling analysis, some player props, things like that. Experts, uh, it's really a, a terrific show. And 9 a.m. Eastern, we're getting started this Sunday. News and notes. All right, Dalvin Cook missed practice. Are you guys concerned about him playing against Detroit? Not yet. I mean, again, met with the media. That's a good sign. Um, he says he's going to play. You got to be concerned about any, you know, re-injury at this point because it's, you know, now last week he, he couldn't finish the game. So hopefully he'll be okay. Just checking, on, just checking on the practice reports on Friday. Brian Callahan, the Bengals offensive coordinator, said it will be running back by committee between Samaj P. Ryan and Chris Evans if Joe Mixon is out against Green Bay. I think we we did that game yesterday. Makes yeah, it makes sense. P. Ryan, definitely more of a running downs guy. He can catch. He was used as a passing downs guy with Mixon, but I think Evans can fill in that role. I think that's a sign of how the Bengals want to move forward overall. 
is by using a type of committee, not necessarily a 50-50 thing, but running down sky, passing down sky. I hope that's not the case for Mixon, for his fantasy managers. It hasn't, been, it hasn't been a problem for his workload so far. So, I mean, he's averaging, what, 23 touches per game? Uh, Christian McCaffrey could play this week. He seems optimistic, so let's cross our fingers there. A.J. Brown practiced in full. You guys are ranking him? Yep. Cool. Darius Slayton and Sterling Shepard, I think they both like got dressed, but they didn't practice. So we'll see if they practice on Friday. Giants left tackle Andrew Thomas. Apparently he's having a good year. Uh, he was limping during practice. We'll keep an eye on yep. that. Uh, Tampa Bay Carlton, Tampa Bay's Carlton Davis, cornerback, top cornerback. He's on IR out at least three weeks. Could be a long-term thing for him. Such a banged-up secondary in Tampa Bay. According to reports, Pittsburgh will not be benching Ben Roethlisberger this season. Here is your San Francisco 49ers injury list. This is like dictionary length. Jimmy Garoppolo mispracticed. Elijah Mitchell was limited. George Kittle mispracticed. Uh, not that many, but you know they're always they're always injured. Do you those know guys. what happened to Trent Williams? Did he practice? He did. Okay. Good. Yeah, that is good. So right now, uh, right now. What are you expecting from the Niners running backs this week? Are you expecting Mitchell to play? If he does, are you expecting Sermon to still be the the horse there, Dave? What are you thinking from the Niners backs? I think you'll see Mitchell and Sermon split. It'll be frustrating. And it's going to be a game. And Trey Lance is going to take some work away from both of them, by the way. And I still imagine that Arizona is going to put some points up and maybe force the 49ers to move away from their run game, per se. George Kittle, by the way, we expect him to play as of right now. We have him ranked. Chase Edmonds, yeah. any uh, issues, Jamie? Do you think Chase Edmonds has a he had a mispractice with a shoulder injury? Are we concerned about this one? I think the fact that he went from not practicing to doing some work on the side is a good indication that he's probably going to be out there. But check your waiver wire, especially in some 10-team leagues, if James Conner's available, because if he gets all the work, then clearly he's a must-start running back. So um, if Edmonds is out there, I think he's you know number two running back in, in PPR and, and a flex and non-PPR. Chase Edmonds also said that the Cardinals are calling fewer design runs for Kyler Murray this season. And ESPN noted that Kyler Murray is the most accurate quarterback in the NFL so far. That's taking his off-target percentage, basically. He is the most right. accurate quarterback. It's, that's terrific. It's a big improvement for him. He's completing 76% of his throws. I don't know how many of them are. I don't know what his average throw depth is. But I, I would imagine that it's a little bit shorter than where it's been in the past. Yeah, that's worth looking at for sure. Teddy Bridgewater was limited in practice, so he might play real quick. We could, we did this game yesterday, but if Bridgewater plays, Jamie, would it affect your Sutton rankings, your Fant rankings? Not much, no. Um, I mean, Fant is, you know, I, I can't see him moving up anymore. I like the tight ends too much in front of him. And Sutton, not so much, no. Okay. Let's do some beat the waiver wire here. Dolphins DST is at Jacksonville. Well, they're in London next week against Jacksonville. Packers DST at Chicago. Didn't really find a lot of good DSTs out there. I might rather have the Jaguars DST against Miami. I'm sorry, but Brissett next week or is Tua available? Tua is after the London game. After the London right. game. Okay. I don't know if I really want either one because they're both not great. Yeah, I'll take I, the Dolphins defense. I think Jacksonville's offense is starting to click a little. Could certainly started to in uh, last week's game at Cincinnati. Some players to just think about stashing: Justin Fields, Darnell Mooney against Green Bay. Oh, Cincinnati's DST at Detroit. I'm sorry, I forgot about that. There you go. 
if people drop them. Cincinnati's DST at Detroit. Colts against Houston. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, all right. And then, yeah, just these are more long-term, not week six. But h- how do you feel about these guys? The rookie wide receivers, Kadarius Tony, Rashad Bateman, Elijah Moore, Terrace Marshall. You know, if you one or two of them you think would be the best long-term stash, Tony Bateman, Elijah Moore, and Marshall. I saw one of the New York writers suggest that Tony's got to play despite them coming back when Slayton and Shepard are healthy. So he's the easy one, uh, especially since you can use him this week, at least at least the way it seems. Um, I, you know, Bateman is just going to be so hard for him to get targets in that offense, just knowing how little they still throw and who's coming off the field because all the guys are playing well and healthy. So he'll get his opportunities, but who's he replacing? I think Elijah Moore makes some sense because he'll play over Keelan Cole, hopefully. And if Zach Wilson continues to look the way he has, um, you know, he's probably going to have a good game this week. So he'd be somebody that I, that I have some interest in if you're talking about the top two. Hunter Renfro is only 59% rostered. He probably, you could take make him it. over every rookie receiver. Of course. That we just talked about. Mm-hmm. Not Jamar Chase. Please, no, don't do that. Uh, uh, Josh Gordon, you could, you know, just see what happens. Yeah. Yeah. And I'm going to throw this name out there again Taysom Hill. Justin Winston did not play poorly in week four. It wasn't his fault they lost, but I just feel like he if he has one one bad game, it wouldn't take much for them to pull the trigger. And what do you guys think about Savan Ahmed? Do you think he could possibly be an answer for the Dolphins? Yes. Yes, but I don't see him doing anything unless somebody's hurt. Speaking or unless they say, we're not doing anything with Gaskin, which they have pretty much told us based on his usage and they realize that Malcolm Brown is Malcolm Brown. Maybe they say we got to give this guy a shot. You know, he's got some juice for sure. You could definitely say that Ahmed is a good stash candidate. Deeper leagues. Absolutely. 100%. Yes. Cool. Um, You can maybe pick up Sterling Shepard. He's been dropped just in case he does go back to being what he was. Uh, He's at 69% roster percentage right now. Um, one other rookie, just in case, you know, he starts to play well again is Rondell Moore. Yeah. He's at 58%. Um, and then Randall Cobb. I mean, look, he came off a good game last week. There is no MVS for who knows how long, you know, he's on IR. If he has another good game against Cincinnati, he's going to be popular. So do it now. If you have a roster spot to play with, do it now, do it now. It should be Amari Rogers, by the way, not Randall Cobb, but whatever. Mm-hmm. I won't, I'm, I'm over it. Uh, by the way, if Chase Edmonds misses this game, you know, Rondell Moore could benefit from that. Maybe from a DFS standpoint. Okay, start-o-meter. The last three games that we are going to look at today, Dolphins at Bucks, and Minnesota at Detroit, Detroit at Minnesota, and the Washington-New Orleans game as well. So let's go start-o-meter, 0 to 10. 0 is no way am I starting this guy. Adam, you suck at your job. Why are you asking? And 10 is, <laughs> of course, I'm starting him, you idiot. Why are you asking? So 0 to 10. Devontae Parker at Tampa Bay. 6. Uh, 6. Jalen Waddle. Seven. Seven in PPR, four and nine. Ooh, that's a lot. How about Mike Asicki? Ten. Eight. It's just funny. You got a six, a seven, and an eight to a ten on three Dolphins pass catchers when Jacoby Brissett has not thrown for more than like 200. Wow, we're talking three receiver leagues on the other two guys, and Gusecki plays a position that's so thin, and he's got two straight games with Brissett yeah. doing well. In yeah, the row. yeah, yeah. I, I get and it. he plays the thin position of tight end. And th- those three guys should get the vast majority of the targets as well. There's not going to be Gaskin. 
It's not right. And, uh, yeah, it's not like they have a, a third receiver mix on up, mixing it up there. Um, all right, Leonard Fournette against Miami. Ten. Ten. Antonio Brown. Nine. Eight. Cameron Brait. Four. Uh, six. So Gasicki over Brait. How many fantasy points he gets in non-PPR? Gasicki over Brait. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah. Uh, DeAndre Swift at Minnesota. Eight in PPR, six in non. Yep. Jamal Williams at Minnesota. Solid five. Uh, four in PPR, three in none. Khalif Raymond. Raymond. Three. Um, I have to start him in those deep 14-team leagues that I'm in with three flex spots. Just desperate for help. Mm-hmm. Raymond or Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus. Yeah. Kirk Cousins against Detroit. Ten. Dave, you want to do a little exercise for me? Uh, not like actual exercise. Oh, thank God. <laughs> a little I'm computer worried. exercise. Be like, Let's do some jumping jacks. And I'm going to be like, hell no. <laughs> Can you look up uh, Detroit's man coverage percentage? Yeah. They were Actually. a heavy, heavy man coverage team under Patricia. And Kirk Cousins is arguably the best quarterback in football against man coverage. I mean, that is how okay. good he is. I've got it. You ready? Yeah. That's how good I am, Adam. I've already had, wow. I already had the poop open anticipating that question. <laughs> and I'm even going to give it to you game by game. They played 20% man against the Niners, 30% against the Packers, less than 10% against the Ravens, that's mm. expected, and 30% against Chicago last week. They are playing a good dose of man coverage. That's a lot. I would imagine that they will again against. I, I would imagine they'll be in the 30% range. So what's a, what's a high number? I think anything over 25% is pretty high. Oh. Okay. But I mean, like, like the Patriots played, I think it was like 60% against the Bucks last week. Right. And that's a Patricia. That's why Patricia was so heavy. That's that's kind of a Patriots thing. Uh so heavy in man coverage. Uh, 54% for the Patriots against the Bucks. And then you remember that Chargers Chiefs game from earlier this year? Sure. Yes. No. The one that the Chargers won. Yes. Chargers played man 68% in that game. They've been below 25% man in all their other games. Interesting. Okay. All right, yeah, so Cousins has had some really big games against Detroit recently, and he destroys man coverage. Adam Thielen against Detroit. Ten. Ten. Tyler Conklin. Three. Uh, five. Five at best. Jameis Winston at Washington. This game's in Washington, right? Why do I keep Zero. Forgetting? No, thank you. Uh, Taylor Heineke against the Saints. Uh, two. Six. Two, six, okay. All right. What, 20, 23 or more points in three starts? Uh, Antonio Gibson against the Saints. Yeah, you should start Gibson. Uh, seven. Who do you like better, Gibson or Swift? Swift and PPR, Gibson and none. Gibson or Falcons running backs? Patterson over Gibson. Can you believe it? I can. I mean, the Saints have arguably the best run defense in football through four games. And they faced McCaffrey, Barkley, who else? Uh, Aaron Jones. Jones. They obviously that he did not like eight yards or something. Um, yeah, I agree on the Swift call in PPR over Gibson for sure, but I don't know how far down we can comfortably go with Gibson. He's the number two running back this week. We can just call it that. JD McKissick against the Saints. Um, like a five and a half in PPR. 
I'll go six in PPR, two in none. All right, so let's get to the NFC home games. There were seven of them. Dave might be looking at the notes, so I'm going to let Jamie answer this. Seven no, I'm games. Not looking okay, good. So you both can answer. We had. Let's go through the slate. I couldn't figure out which game to start with. Which should it be the headliner? So Jets at Falcons, Detroit at Minnesota, Dolphins at Bucks, Saints at football team. Well, you already said those last three are later in the show. Yeah, yeah. No, you didn't start with them. All right, so it's either it's either uh, Jets at Falcons, Philadelphia at Carolina, Giants Cowboys, Niners uh, at Cardinals. One of those. Start Jets at Falcons. That's the easiest one to do. No, I don't want the easiest one. I want the best one. I want the the most exciting fantasy decisions. I want a good game here. What do I start with? You Cowboys, went with the Giants and Cowboys. No, I went with Cardinals and Niners. Boy, you guys oh, are good for you not being so committed to your homerism. Excuse me. I'm an Eagles fan now, and they are second on this list. All right, San Francisco and Arizona, let's get started. Stat of the game, number one, Chase Edmonds has 75 or more total yards in each game. Plus, you get the catches, so that's just good to know. Stat of the game, imagine number two. Imagine if he was scoring touchdowns. Yeah, no, I can't imagine it because it won't happen. Uh, stat of the game, number two. <laughs> you look like James Conner. Let's talk about the— Who not- scores first, Chase Edmonds or Jacoby Myers? Edmund, Chase Edmonds. Edmonds, yeah. I don't. I, like I don't. That. I think it's against the NFL rules for Jacoby Myers to score. Uh, yeah, unless he's throwing it. Yeah. Unless okay. he's throwing it. All right. Here's your, here's your other stat of the game. We're talking about Debo Samuel here. The Cardinals have allowed seven touchdowns to wide receivers. Seven receiving touchdowns to wide receivers. That's obviously a lot, but they have faced the Titans and their two studs, the Vikings and their two studs, the Jaguars and the Rams and their studs. So they've obviously faced great wide I mean, receivers. At least give the Jaguars some credit. You don't yeah. call them studs, but say something nice. No, they, they have decent receivers, right? Only they face this team and their studs, this team and their studs, the Jaguars, <laughs> this team and their studs. <laughs> Only two receivers have more than 70, more than 65 yards, and they're KJ Osborne and Van Jefferson. So that means AJ Brown, Julio Jones, Justin Jefferson, Adam Thielen, all the Jaguars wide receivers, Cooper Cup, Robert Woods, none of them had more than 65 yards. This team does not give up big pass plays. Uh, fourth fewest plays, pass plays of 20-plus yards, one pass play of 40-plus yards. What does that mean for you now when you factor in that we expect Trey Lance to start? Can you get away from Debo Samuel? No, you shouldn't. It's it, It'd be silly to recommend that when he's been such a focal point of the passing game so far on top of the occasional brain fart by the defenses that they've played that have led to big games for him. 15 or more PPR points in three of four games. And I, I don't think the move to Trey Lance is going to completely shut down their passing game. You want And there's one last thing. You want to talk about man versus zone coverage. Arizona so far this year has been consistently north of 30% in their man coverage. If they do that in this game, they turn their if the defensive backs turn their back on Trey Lance, he's going to get 100 yards. But he's also going to be able to be in a position to move out of the pocket and throw downfield. And I would trust that if that happens, Debo Samuel would be able to escape his coverage at some point and get open for a big play. So The reason they play man is because their pass rush is so good. And so is he going to have time? to make throws downfield. You have a left tackle that's playing hurt. You have an offensive line that's been good, but I think could still play better. Uh, will he change how he plays? Will Shanahan change how he plays, you know, with a full week to game plan for it? So it's going to be a very interesting situation to see how how this unfolds. I think for Samuel, just to answer your question, how you phrased it, can you get away from him? He was probably drafted in a spot where you didn't plan for him to be a starter, 
So if you have options that are playing well, then yes, you can get away from Samuel. If you don't, then you should keep him in there. Like Dave said, it's very hard to recommend sitting him at this point. Yeah, and by the way, the Cardinals, this really surprised me. They're actually kind of below average in pressures and pressure rate. And that's after that week one game where they were all over Tannehill. So I'm thinking in the last three games, they haven't really gotten that much pressure, but I don't know. Well, they played a very good offensive line last week. We'll see how things go this week. Uh, Yeah, well, it's a good line. Um, As long as they have Trent Williams, which they will, it seems. Okay, so uh, starters to Trey Lance. Where'd you guys end up on Trey Lance, Jamie? Uh, Mid-tier number two quarterback. So he's obviously starting in super flex in two quarterback leagues. One quarterback leagues, you got to be in a, in a tough spot to trust him, but good DFS play. Lance or Burrow? Burrow. I have Burrow two spots higher right now, and I'm going to, I'm going to reconsider it. I just think about how Lance is going to be able to move and the 20 points that he gave you in the first half last week. And, yeah, he, he was a disaster on some of those throws, but I, I think he's he's got upside to be a top five fantasy quarterback. It's hard to move those guys. It's hard to keep them out of the top 12. Daniel Jones, Trey Lance. Lance. That's Jones. one guy I moved already ahead of, of uh, or moved behind Lance is Jones. Yeah, Jones easy for me. Okay. And Trey Sermon. All right, yeah, let's talk a little bit more about, we mentioned it earlier, but Breaking down the 49ers running backs, Dave. Uh, Arizona, does they give up 5.2 yards per carry to running backs? Now, they have faced Derrick Henry, who they did well against, Cook, Robinson, and Daryl Henderson. But, uh, yeah, I mean, this has not been a good run defense so far. So, Sermon would would be what if, if he's the lead guy? As in Elijah Mitchell doesn't play? Yeah, let's start with that scenario. He'd Elijah be a Mitchell. number two fantasy running back if Elijah Mitchell didn't play. But Ahead I'm of- not sure... Ahead, I'm, I'm we're getting to the point here where it looks like Mitchell is going to play, and that would hurt Sermon's ability to have over, you know, 16 plus carries. If, if Mitchell plays, do we just avoid this backfield? I would try. Okay. Um, if Mitchell doesn't play, Sermon or Mike Davis? I think I would go Davis and PPR and Sermon and non. I think it's that close. Cool. All right. San Francisco wide receivers, Debo Samuel is top 20. He's top eight for Heath. And he's top actually 14 in PPR. And he has a 31% target share, so that's always good. Sit Brandon Ayuk, and then do you just start George Kittle if he plays? Yes, a little. You know, but people are going to ask. It's, they might have Goddard. They might have Gasicki, something like that. Would you start any of those guys over George Kittle? I mean, you can. I wouldn't, but you can. You know, I mean, you got to at some point start to look at production versus opportunity. Opportunities have been there for Kittle, but he's not producing. Is he healthy? Is the quarterback situation becoming a problem? Um, I mean, 11 targets last week. It's hard to overlook that he's going to get. That he's not going to get those same chances this week. But non PPR, we know he just doesn't score touchdowns a lot, and he's yet to score this season. Those other guys are certainly scoring much more. And in PPR, who knows if Trey Lance? I mean, you said it, Adam, time and again that his throws were off target and probably will continue to be off target. And how much is that going to impact Kittle? So he's his best games. Uh, in, the, in his career have come with backup quarterbacks, a lot of them at least. And hopefully that continues. But at this point, um, it's gonna, if he has another bad game, you're going to see a lot of people starting Dalton Schultz and, and maybe Dawson Knox and those type of guys over him because they're producing. I think you could start Schultz in PPR over him now. Just I, I think we can call it safe that Schultz is going to get a lot of volume in that Cowboys offense. We know that the Giants aren't necessarily great against covering. Volume in terms of targets or, or catches? Well, it's both. 
but certainly cash. He's still getting more targets, though. See, he Dave, did last week. The, the issue I have with Schultz is he has gotten targets the last two games at the expense of Cooper and Lamb, but they've thrown the ball like 26 times on average over the last three games, something like that. So it's so easy to just see a scenario where Schultz gets four targets and Cooper and Lamb have seven, eight targets or something like that, you know, if if they right. continue to run the ball as effectively and throw the ball as infrequently. I don't think you can expect a team like the Cowboys to just throw 26 times. I mean, it might be more like 35 or something, and that would help. But, the, God, the Do Giants you, are horrible against tight ends, so that's another thing. Right, to and Jabril Peppers, I, I'm not sure if he practiced on Thursday. I know he didn't practice on he, Wednesday. He didn't. I know he's got a hamstring. He did? He, he's been, no, I don't think he did. He's been so bad against tight ends that it... It, <laughs> it might be better if he's out? I, I don't think it would be better, but I don't think it would matter if he played, put it that way. I'm I'm okay starting Schultz over Kittle in full PPR. Okay. Kasicki, Knox, I'd I'd much rather start Kittle. All right. Kittle had a touchdown from Lance knocked away last week. He had he had a well, bad throw I, from Lance. That was the thing. It would it should right. have been a touchdown, but it was knocked away because it was a bad throw. It was uh, a little behind. Kyler Murray, start him. He's two for Jamie, one for Dave, fifth for Heath. Uh Jamie Connor and Edmonds, assuming Ed, uh, assuming Chase Edmonds plays, what do you do here with these guys? Edmonds, it's hard to say he's not a must-start in PPR at this point. You know, just the amount of opportunities he's getting in the passing game. Uh, Non-PPR, it's a flex at best just because you can't expect a 100-yard performance again, <laughs> maybe ever, with Connor still healthy. Uh, Connor's touchdown or bust. So if he doesn't score like we saw the first couple of games, you're going to be really frustrated about it. If he scores, then he's going to potentially save your, your, your week. Um, so better in non-PPR than PPR, but if – you know, who knows if Edmonds is not a hundred percent and they don't feel comfortable putting him out there. Maybe Connor gets more of a opportunity in all facets of the game. So it could be a sleeper for this week. Would you guys start Corey Davis over these running backs? I would start Davis over both of them in non PPR. I would start Davis over Connor in non PPR in full PPR In full. I'm sorry. Yeah. Yes. Full PPR. Gotcha. All right. Uh, and then Dave rank the Arizona wide receivers. Hopkins is one. Uh, give me one second. I don't want to give you inaccurate information. Green is two. Kirk is close behind him, and Moore is fourth. Uh, San Francisco, they don't appear to be so good against wide receivers here. So, what? I mean, what do you... Oh, obviously, people are going to start Hopkins, but are you going to start A.J. Green? He's a borderline receiver in three receiver league. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and probably a little bit better in non-PPR and half-PPR than full-PPR because his target volume has been maxing out at about six for a receiver. He hasn't had more than six in any game. Right, so I, I think that that's kind of where you've got to expect him. So maybe he gets four or five catches. But he's, he's giving you good numbers each of the last three weeks. Okay. Uh, Kawan Williams is the slot corner for the Niners. He hasn't practiced yet this week. That would be good for Kirk. I like Kirk and DFS because no one's thinking about him after he didn't do much last week. Sure. Cardinals DST, fifth and sixth for Jamie and Dave and 10th for Heath. And Max Williams is a flyer, but he's outside the top 15. All right, we're going to take a quick break here. When we come back, fly, Eagles fly all over Carolina. We will be right back on Fantasy Football Today. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. 
Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. Robert Half Research indicates 9 out of 10 hiring managers are having difficulty hiring. If you have open roles, chances are you're feeling this too. That's why you need Robert Half. Our specialized recruiting professionals engage with our proprietary AI to connect businesses of all sizes with highly skilled talent in finance and accounting, technology, marketing and creative, legal, and administrative and customer support. At Robert Half, we know talent. Visit roberthalf.com today. My Eagles. Boy, did I mush them, by the way. Not, not <laughs> too unhappy about it, but they've been pretty bad since I became an Eagles fan. They are at Carolina. I think it's pretty hard to gauge how good Carolina's defense is because, you know, they were obviously great against the Jets, the Saints, and the Texans, and they got destroyed by the Cowboys, but a lot of the teams would. So we'll see what the Eagles can do here, but your stat of the game is actually about Sam Darnold. 279 or more yards in all four games, 301 to 305 yards in three straight. And I don't really have a follow-up on that. Let's start with the uh, Let's start with the Eagles. You guys have Jalen Hurts as a as a must start guy, top eight. What about the Eagles running backs, Jamie? Any interest in Sanders or Gainwell? The Eagles don't have any interest in Sanders or Gainwell. Um, you know, Gainwell's gaining momentum. You know, you're hearing more reports about this becoming an even split between these two guys. And Gainwell has been, if not as good, maybe better as a fantasy option. You know, with two touchdowns so far in the season, where Sanders hasn't scored once. So we'll see how things go this week. I think it's hands-off, or at least it should be. It's, it's hard to sit Sanders unless you have better options, but I think all the free agents that you picked up this week, maybe you can argue some AJP Ryan, but certainly you know, I would have played Collins over him, even taking the outcome last night and, and Damian Williams. And so Sanders just is not getting the opportunities or the touches, and it's just frustrating. So we'll see if that changes this week, but I doubt it. So at best, Sanders is a flex. Gainwell is just somebody I'd like to stash, but if you can avoid it, avoid it. Gainwell is a fantastic stash. I love that call. He's had a 72% route run rate over his snaps, meaning 72% of his snaps, he's running a route. Each of the last two weeks, that's more than Miles Sanders over those last two weeks. And if you look at how they've been playing inside the five-yard line, the Eagles have only had nine snaps from inside the five all year. Miles has played more, six to three. But not only has Sanders not scored on the two touches that he has inside the five, he's gone backward on both of them. Meanwhile, on the two touches that Gainwell's had, and remember, he's only played uh, a, a third of those snaps, he scored both times, and neither one of them were at the goal line. They were like seven yards out, eight yards out. I think we're trending towards Gainwell being the better back in Philadelphia, and I think the clock's ticking on trying to trade for him at a low value right now. I, I don't mind Gainwell in DFS. I think his price is actually pretty reasonable on both sites this week. Uh, Sanders is someone I have very little interest in starting in redraft leagues. I'm going to ask Jamie a quick follow-up here on something you said. Alex Collins, you would have started over Miles Sanders. He scored eight PPR fantasy points. Um, let's see, in decimal scoring was like, I think, 8.7, I don't know, 9.2 maybe? I don't think Sanders gets there. Yeah, who would you start now if you could if you could do it? I don't over think again? Sanders gets there. It's just it's, it, that's how frustrating it's been. Okay. All right, uh, Devontae Smith, starter sit. I uh, definitely starter in three receiver leagues. You know, depending on what you have in two receiver leagues. But look, he's playing well. He Ten is. targets last week. He's had at least seven in three or four games. Hertz played really well last week. I don't know if we're, we're going to really talk about him. And Jamie, I know you're happy with the the end of game fantasy points for Hertz, but he should have had way more. They were there were 
two touchdowns that were taken off the board that ended on field goals. Those drives ended on field goals. They should have been touchdowns for Hertz. Smith should have had a touchdown. He stepped out of bounds before he caught it in the end zone. He's on fire. The timing has gotten better between those two on longer throws. And I, I know that the Panthers have made some recent additions in their secondary. I don't think Gilmore's playing this week. I'm not sure what they're going to get with Henderson in the short term. I'm going with De- Devontae Smith as a as a top 25 type of receiver. Okay. He, I do have to point out that he has two games with fewer than 30 yards. <laughs> Those were weeks two. Yeah, I mean, three, that's so. the risk you're taking with him, but the upside is too great. Okay. And uh, Philadelphia tight ends, which one do you prefer? Dallas Goddard? who has not had more than five targets in any game, or Zach Ertz, who has 15 targets and 113 receiving yards in his last two games. Which one do you like better, Goddard or Ertz? Goddard should have had two huge weeks the last two weeks. Um, Ertz missed them twice in in the Cowboys game. And then last week, as Dave alluded to, uh, one touchdown should have been to Goddard. One should have been to Ertz as well. Uh, But they just can't seem to connect completely yet in terms of her Hertz and Goddard. So uh, they're back-to-back for me. I still like Goddard a little bit better, but uh, I have no problem if somebody wants to deal with, with Ertz over Goddard. Ertz is priced. And that's another guy should be picked up wherever he's available to. Ertz. Is Ertz? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Uh, I'd rather have him than Hayden Hurst, for example, but I'm sure that in those types of tight end premium leagues, Ertz is already long gone. He's 3,400 on DraftKings this weekend. 14th ranked, 14th most expensive tight end. He's my FanDuel tight end, actually, too. Yeah, Zach Ertz. Yeah, he's, he's 5,000 on FanDuel. Uh, on DraftKings, if he gets you 10.2 PPR points, five catches, 52 yards, uh, that's three times value. I think he's got a chance to do significantly better than that. All right, let's wrap it up on the Eagles here. Would you start Goddard or Ertz over Kyle Pitts? No. I've got Goddard one spot ahead of Pitts right now. Over Noah Fant? No. I'd go with Fant. Over macho, no, thank you. over macho grande. Get that? No, nobody gets that. No, no. all right. Airplane two. Uh, Sam Darnold is top fifteen. So Sam Darnold or Trey Lance? Darnold. Darnold. All right. I mean, look, if you're going to go with a rushing quarterback, you go with the guy who's actually getting the job done. <laughs> Five <laughs> rushing touchdowns. Eagles have actually seen the fourth fewest pass attempts in the NFL. Um, but they do allow a lot of touchdowns, eight in their last two games to Prescott and Mahomes, of course. Uh, to, okay, we're going to start McCaffrey if he plays. If he doesn't play, Chuba Hubbard, will he outscore Alex Collins? Will he get nine PPR points? Yes. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Would you start Chuba Hubbard or Devontae Smith? Uh, Smith. Hubbard. Okay. Starter sit DJ Moore. We're going to start him. Starter sit Robbie Anderson. No. Uh, not if you have to. And the Panthers DST is around 12th, 12th to 15th in the rankings. How many targets did he get last week? 11. How many fantasy points no, has he yeah, scored 11. all year? 11? <laughs> I don't know. Uh, more than 11. He had more than 11 in week one, but not, not much more than that. Yeah. All right. Ugh. Here we go. Giants at Cowboys. Here are some stats I'm just going to rattle off. Giants are eighth in yards per play offensively, but last in red zone touchdown percentage. Dallas sees the fewest running back carries in the NFL. 11.5 per game. That's wild. Uh, A quarterback has thrown for 300 yards in every game against the Cowboys. So you could see a scenario where Daniel Jones is throwing a lot, moving up and down the field, and hopefully, hopefully scoring touchdowns, but it's hard for him. 
Giants have allowed a touchdown to a tight end in all four games, but it's usually the number two tight end. Alberto, Ricky Seals-Jones, Lee Smith, Jawan Johnson was last week. And this stat is terrifying as a former Giants fan. The Giants got zero quarterback hits on Jameis Winston in week four. So good luck getting to Dak Prescott. Yeah. All right, so Daniel Jones, why is this game, and Heath should be the one answering this question because he has him the highest, but you guys can either do your Heath impression or just not answer it for him. Why is this game different than the Falcons game when last time we bought into Daniel Jones and he had his his only bad game? He had scored 15 points in that game. And what do you think, Heath? Uh, (laughs) I I am concerned about that offensive line continuing to play well. Now, listen, they they went into New Orleans and there were a couple of busts and the pass rush did get close to Daniel Jones, but they really did a good job protecting him. And I think that that's that's the whole ball of wax for Daniel Jones. If he has time to throw, he can be excellent in fantasy. And I'm just not, I'm not convinced that the offensive line is going to be as good as it was last week. I think they could take a step back there and that could make Jones a little bit more problematic. Okay. Uh, he's running, which is obviously nice. So 27 or more rushing yards in every game this season. Uh, he has played better on the road, mostly in his career, but certainly this season than he has at home. I think you just look at what this game shapes up to be. You know, Vegas is telling you it's going to be a high-scoring affair. So hopefully the, the Giants keep up their end of the bargain. And you're seeing other guys emerge. I mean, you know, the fact that he's getting, you know, oper- you know Kenny Galladay for whatever it's worth, you know, maybe he's healthy now off the injury report, uh, looked better last week. Uh, Kadarius Tony was more involved, looked better last week. You know, they got something out of John Ross last week, Saquon Barkley in the passing game the last two weeks. And so you're seeing, you know, guys just giving him opportunities to help. He's not a slam dunk. I don't, I don't, I think Heath is uh, a little overly optimistic about Daniel Jones, but uh, what he's done so far this season, um, it's hard to argue with because he's a top 10 fantasy quarterback on the year. And so in a game where they're probably going to have to, you know, chase points, I think it's a good opportunity to trust him as a low end starter, mostly in deeper leagues. My guess is that Heath sees that Brady had 35, Sam Darnold had 35, uh, Jalen Hurts had 24, uh, and uh, Justin Herbert had 16, but should have had at least two more touchdowns on top of that. And he thinks that Daniel Jones can get in that neighborhood. And he might. That's why he's he's not a top 12 guy, but he's absolutely in the conversation. And I think he's not going to be a very popular DFS option. So if you want to roll in a tournament with him and Stack him with either Galladay or Tony. He's going to be very popular in DFS. Do you think so? I'm not sure about that. Yeah. I I know Heath loves him in DFS. Uh, Everyone's going to start Saquon Barkley. Oh, last thing on on Jones. I mean, the Cowboys are making their living on interceptions. And Jones has thrown one this year. He's thrown two in his last 10 games. One of them was dropped by Evan Ingram. One of them was a Hail Mary. That is a huge, huge part of this game. Can he continue to avoid the turnovers? Because uh, the Cowboys are ball hawks right now. Start Barkley. Uh, is Kenny Galladay a must start? I kind of feel like he's going to see a decent amount of. No, Trayvon he's not Diggs. a must start. He's not? Okay. He had 100 yards last week and he saw a decent amount of Lattimore. Um, why is he not a must start? For what you just said. Diggs? Okay. Yeah. Yeah, that's going to be a little tough on him. Okay. Would you start Devontae Smith or, or, or uh, Kenny Galladay? Uh, I'm just gonna say I I am a, I am a Canarius Tony guy. I, I love him. I'm 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 all in, Jamie. I'm a go Gators. I'm all oh, in. He looked great. You shouldn't be that all in. If the other two guys are out, then he's gonna be in like three of my lineups 
or my my seasonal lineups and and DFS as well. But like obviously it's one game. You can't get too excited, but this is an opportunity. The Dallas Cowboys allow the third most fantasy points to wide receivers. Tony's probably not going to see much of Trayvon Diggs at all. He had 78 yards on nine targets at New Orleans. So where would you rank him? Well, where do you have him ranked, assuming Shepard and Slayton are out? He is a wide receiver four in full PPR. Yeah. Okay. I would take the safer play of Hunter Renfro. Uh, I might be willing to put him ahead of Juju and Allen Robinson just because those guys don't seem as exciting. They don't seem to have as much upside. But Tony also, listen, if, if a defender can wrap his arms around Kadarius Tony and tackle him, as soon as he catches those short passes, he's going to have a bad game. He could very you easily do that. have a five you can't catch, do that. game. You can't do that to Kadarius Tony. He's, do, man. He he's is, that good. Uh, he is slippery. <laughs> Uh, just, just, I just looked it up just to wrap it up with the uh, ownership for DFS. Uh, according to Pro Football Focus, their projected ownership, Daniel Jones is the number two quarterback on both sides for FanDuel and, and DraftKings. Interesting. I'm looking at the fantasy football calculator one. He's not even on the list. Mm, interesting. All right, Evan Ingram is uh, outside your top 15, even though the Cowboys are terrible against tight ends, so you just can't trust it? Yes, can't trust it. Can't trust this. Dak Prescott is eighth for Jamie, eighth for Heath, sixth for Dave. Prescott or Hertz? Hertz. I think I have Hertz higher. I do not. I have Prescott higher. My bad. Prescott or Rogers? Prescott. Prescott. All right. Start Zeke. Sit Pollard. Cooper and Lamb. What do we think? Cooper in his last two games has last three games. He has no more than five targets. Uh, Lamb in his last two games has a combined eight targets. Are they easy starts this week or what? Not easy, uh, but they're still number two receivers. I feel better about Lamb just based on the target volume than I do Cooper. I feel better about Lamb because he's healthy. I mean, I feel like Bradbury is gonna is gonna be on Cooper a lot, and that that's not that's not something we should completely overlook. Bradbury's not having the same year he had last year, but Cooper, I've, we mentioned this a lot. He's not a guy that he's a guy that can get shut down by a good cornerback. So I don't know. Thoughts on that, Jamie? I I think again it comes down to who you have on your team. You know, so you can get cute and bench him, and it, it could have worked out for you a few times in the last couple of weeks. But at some point, like you said, Adam, these these guys are going to go off because Prescott's volume is going to be higher. Yeah. So. Yeah. If the Giants' offense scores, we're gonna have to, we'll see the Cowboys score as well. Mm-hmm. And let, just take into account, Zeke is banged up a little bit, you know. So I wouldn't necessarily completely dismiss Pollard as a as a flex play because if the score gets lopsided, which it, it obviously could as well, you know, maybe he's playing a little bit more late in the game, um, and that maybe they're throwing the ball a little bit more too this week. So, Cooper's had one really great catch the last three games. It was the thirty-five yard touchdown last week. Right. So uh, try have a wider view of him over the last three games, and and you might be more likely to sit him. Cordauer Patterson or uh, Cooper? Patterson. Patterson. Patterson or Lamb? Um, Patterson. Debo Samuel or a Cowboys receiver? Deeb. Uh, Debo. Maybe Debo overall. Definitely in PPR, I'll take Debo. You guys are very high on Dalton Schultz. Giants allow the third most points to tight ends, and as I mentioned, they've allowed a touchdown to a tight end in every game. If it is Blake Jarwin, that would be just very weird, but uh, but predictable for the Giants, I guess. But yeah, all right, start Dalton Schultz. He's 88% roster. This should be a good week for him. And the Dallas DST is 
is in play. They're top 12 for you guys. They're 21st for Heath because he loves Daniel Jones. They're going to need some interceptions, uh, and they get those. Jets at Falcons. Let's go to London. Weird stat of the game. Jets have allowed two passing touchdowns this season. I already mentioned that. Fewest in the NFL. Uh, not weird stat of the game. already mentioned this. They've allowed the most receiving yards per game to running backs. That would be McCaffrey and James White, understandable. But 33 yards to Javante Williams, eight catches, 74 yards to Jeremy McNichols. So um, we can rehash it. Is, it it's, 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 it's one of those things that's so skewed because think about who they faced, the Jets. Right? They get the Titans without A.J. Brown yeah. and Julio Jones. They got the, the Patriots in there with their passing game being what it is. So... But you can you can draw some parallels that from the Titans last week to the Falcons this week. A hundred percent. You know, and you can see Davis being very involved in the passing game out of the backfield. Yeah, or Patterson. Yeah. Falcons are tied for the league most passing touchdowns allowed. <laughs> wow. So which quarterback do you like better, Wilson or Ryan? They're very close for me. Um, I I still have Ryan ranked higher, but it would not be a surprise if Wilson's better. I could be talked into Wilson over Ryan. I really like the way that he played in the second half last week. Ryan played better too. They were they were both okay. Yeah, but Ryan not having his, these were his your best options. receiver stinks. Um, right. I think, you know, in terms of Wilson, and we're going to probably see this a lot, it's not going to be often, but last week he had no pressure, and he was able to play free, and this week's yep. going to be the same thing. Yep. Mm-hmm. Okay, let's let's go through this game here. Uh, Michael Carter's a sit. He just He's had one game with more than 34 total yards. Uh, Corey Davis and Jamison Crowder are, are more interesting here. Corey Davis or a Cowboys receiver? Still the Cowboys, but I'm very close with Davis and Cooper in my rankings. Yeah, I, I think I'm ready to put Davis ahead of Cooper. And he'll be close to Lamb. I, I really love this matchup for him. Atlanta's defense is rotten. Yeah, it is. Um, Jamison Crowder is more of a number th- three or four, like kind of a four-ish. In PPR only. Yeah, PPR guy. Elijah Moore should be back this week, right? Yes, practice should be back. We'll probably work on the outside, like Jamie mentioned. Could mm-hmm. split time there with Keelan Cole. I wonder if they don't feel pressured to put him on the field so fast, though. And to the Falcons, yeah, I I guess we can just do some Mike Davis ors because Cordaro Cordaro should is going to be a start for a lot of people. Um, so Mike Davis or DeAndre Hopkins. Still Hopkins. Yep. Mike Davis or Kenny Galladay? Davis. I'll take Galladay in PPR. Mike Davis or LaVisca Chenault? I'll take Chenault in PPR. Uh, Davis and non-Chenault in PPR. But, I I mean, I feel like Davis has, what, 15 catches? How many catches does he have this year? He's got uh, 16 catches this year. But he's averaging like two yards per carry. Yeah, yeah, he's 3.1. He's a long of 12 yards. And if I'm going to trust a Falcons player to catch passes out of the backfield, it's easily going to be Patterson ahead of Davis. I don't yeah, know about Again, that, just how many though. times he can line up in the backfield now. Right. I mean, what if they? What if Patterson's really playing wide receiver and Davis, yeah, I don't know. It's a speculation. Then I, then I think they're misusing him based on how they've put him on the field. But they might not have a choice. I mean, their top two receivers are out. They, they listen. It's not like Patterson hasn't lined up as a receiver this season. Right. Does he do a lot more of it in this game? Yeah, it's possible. But I bet they utilize him. Uh, here's what I think happens: is I think they give him a lot more playing time. Last week, Patterson played thirty percent of the snaps. Wouldn't surprise me in the least if that doubled this week because there's no Ridley. Yep. 
Okay, then let me do uh, running backs with Mike Davis. Mike Davis or Leonard Fournette. And to your Fournette. point, that might mean more lining up outside if he's playing 60 Fournette. Fournette over Davis. Mike Davis or Clyde Edwards Zeller. Davis. Clyde. Clyde Davis. Zach, Zach Moss, last one. Moss. Uh, Davis. All right. So it seems like Jamie's a little higher on Mike Davis. And then Zacchaeus is. No, I'll take Moss still over Davis. All right, Moss. Uh, so Zacchaeus is a gamble here. Kadarius Tony or Zacchaeus? Zacchaeus has four games with six or more targets, and he's given you 12 PPR points in three of them. He is a big play type of receiver. He's got good speed. And if he's going to get more opportunity in this matchup against the Jets defense, look, they've, they've allowed only two touchdowns. I don't think we're sitting here telling you that they are a good pass defense. I think yeah. they've been fortunate. Uh, I think Zacchaeus can wind his way to a decent wide receiver three type of game. And I think he'll be extremely popular uh, in the single game DFS format for, for the London show. I'll take Tony in PPR, Zacchaeus in none. Oh, okay. And would you start? Oh, Kyle Pitts, Kyle Pitts. Like him or love him this week without Ridley? Just like. Like him more. Are you going Goddard and Ertz over Pitts? I think I asked you that, didn't I? You did. You did. Yeah, I like him. Okay. My bad. Are you going. Uh, Probably asked you this too. Gasicki or Pitts? Uh, I'll start Gasicki over Pitts in PPR. I'll take Pitts in non PPR. Um, this is going to be the game where Pitts has a breakout performance. And we're going to say next week, next game, he, he struggles. And we're going to say he's only going to play well, not in America. <laughs> nah, I, I hope you're right. We've been waiting for that big game from Kyle Pitts for a while. Mm. Kadarius Tony's better than Kyle Pitts. Go Gators. Miami at Tampa Bay. All right, we got three games left. And we already start-o-metered them, so you can check that out earlier in the show. So the Giants had all three available on draft day. We know you were pissed about Devontae Smith going to the Eagles. Oh, yeah. If it, it was Pitts, Tony, and Smith, you would have gone Smith, Tony, Pitts? No. no at 10? No, no, I'm just kidding about that. Uh, Smith, I would have taken Smith over Pitts. Nah, I would have taken Pitts because Smith is so small. But, yeah, you know I love Devontae Smith. The guy's awesome. All right, Miami yeah. at Tampa Bay. Uh, you know, the stat of the game is about these two teams against tight ends. Five tight ends have had six, have had five to six targets against the Bucks, and they have all scored double-digit PPR fantasy points. They were Schultz, Pitts, Higby, Henry, and Jonu Smith. So Gasicki's had at least six targets in three games with Brissett. Based on what that means against the Bucks, it should mean double-digit PPR fantasy points. Yeah, Winfield's now out. Carlton Davis is on IR. Uh, this is just a mess for them. So, What's Rondé Barber up to these days? <laughs> uh, maybe they can get John Lynch to come out of the front office in San Francisco and play. There you go. Um, it's hard not to say Gusecki's... It's it's hard to say Gusecki's not a must-start tight end at this point, You know, just based on the, the matchup and the opportunities that he's getting. So it's... Uh, and no fuller. You know, I mean, that's always been the case. And when somebody's missing, he plays better. So everything is kind of, you know, opening up for him to, to trust him. Whether he delivers, that's another question because of Jacoby Brissett. But you've seen enough enough of a sample size with Brissett there that that it's it's working for Gasecki. Yeah, and then he on the other the end. Second most, he has the second most targets among tight ends over the last two weeks. Yeah. Brissett's thrown to him 24 times, 18 catches, 184 yards, one touchdown. He leads the Dolphins in all those categories from Brissett. He should have had a second touchdown. Parker's touchdown yeah. was really, I think, for Gasecki. Yeah. Yeah. And Cameron Braid, on the other hand, like this is not so bad either if you just if you're desperate. He's had five to six targets in two straight games. 
and there have been three tight ends who have had five to seven targets against the Dolphins, and they all scored nine or more PPR fantasy points. So could give you. I think if you bought into Bray last week, I would just kind of overlook that game because the weather, I think, was a big problem for how they threw the ball. And this is a much better matchup. All right, look, Didn't we're not starting. Uh, zone targets in that game. We may have. I'm sorry. Let me let me get through this. We're not starting Brissett. We're not starting a Dolphins running back. You guys like Waddle a little bit better than Parker, and it's more of. A, I would go uh, Parker over Waddle in P, in non PPR. Okay, that's I was, yeah. I was gonna say in uh, in PPR, um, but they're number three, number four kind of guys, and all three of the Bucks wide receivers are ahead of them, right? Yes. Mm-hmm. Okay. Any hesitation at all on Tom Brady? This is one I forgot to look up, but don't former Belichick assistants have a decent track record against Tom yeah. Brady? And you can bet your bottom dollar that the Dolphins will try and emulate the game plan that the Patriots did and play a lot of man coverage to try and contain Brady. And I I don't know how well that's going to work, but I would I would be a tad nervous. Like Brady's not a top three fantasy quarterback. Um, the receivers are not top 10 fantasy receivers. You're probably in a position where you can't get away from Godwin, Evans, or Brady. I'm not sitting here saying that they're absolutely going to be disgustingly bad, but I do think that you will see some sort of replication from the Dolphins to try and contain Brady like the Patriots did. And they've held Josh Allen to 20 points, Derek Carr to 25 points on 43 pass attempts. Allen could have had a much bigger game. Uh, but sure. you guys do have Tom Brady, Tom Brady in the top five, so we're not that worried. Hopefully a nice bounce back for him. Fournette is the start of the week, and he's top 16 in non-PPR. He's top 18 in full PPR. He has three to five catches in every game. Uh, he, is there anything that scares you, Jamie, about Fournette? I mean, the matchup is great, obviously. Yes, it's Leonard Fournette. <laughs> All right, but he's a start this week. I mean, the, the, he's he's dominated snaps for this team. You know, I know Ronald Jones had the rushing touchdown last week. That was unfortunate. Uh, but that was impressive, you know, that they gave him 20 carries. He still, even if Gio plays, I still think he leads them in receptions out of that spot. Uh, as Dave said, I think that's a, a, a great point of they will try and make them run, slow the game down, and, and you know, dare Brady to be patient, uh, Bruce Arians to be patient, which we know that they don't love to do. So... You know, this run defense has been bad. I mean, you know, they've already given up 300-yard rushing performances. They've given up four guys going over 90 total yards. They've given up six touchdowns on the ground. So I think Fournette gets his first touchdown. Whatever he does on top of that is going to be, you know, fun. I don't think he's going to be under 50 total yards. So he's he's a number two running back uh, that you should feel comfortable about this week. How many of the Bucks receivers would you start over Fournette? None. You start Fournette over every Bucks receiver? Yeah, this week I would. Wow. Okay. And Yeah, I don't have to think that way. How about you? What's your answer? Oh, it would be Godwin and Evans in PPR ahead of Fournette. And Tampa Bay's DST is top two. Detroit at Minnesota. <laughs> um, they could. Minnesota's run defense has been so bad, but if Anthony Barr plays, that should help. I know I talk about these guys <laughs> all the time. Well, I just read. I read this. There was an article on ESPN about their run defense, and it just so happened to mention that Nick Vigil has been uh, one of the very worst linebackers in yep. football against the run. So he's been that way for a while, unfortunately. Anthony Barr. This offensive line is a mess too for Detroit. Yes, it is. Well, we're going to play or what? Because I, Anthony Lynn said that he wasn't going to practice, and then I think he was out there practicing, wasn't he? He did. Yes, but we'll see how healthy he is. Losing Ragnow is a big deal. 
That's he's he's one of the best centers in the league. Uh, the other he's injury right up Jabbar. injury to keep an eye on for Minnesota is Michael Pierce, their defensive tackle. He has an elbow injury. But if he plays and Barr plays, this might actually be a tough matchup for the Detroit running backs. You're not going to start Jared Goff. He's 19 or more fantasy points in three or four games, so at least you get the you know the garbage time stuff. But DeAndre DeAndre Swift or Leonard Fournette? Uh, I'm going to make change and go Fournette over Swift. And Dave, you're Swift. I'm sw- well, not when I run, but yes. <laughs> <laughs> but when you're looking up man coverage stats, very Swift. Oh yeah, you better believe it. Jamal Williams, starter sit. Uh, I would stay away. Yeah, I'd make the case against him too. Um, I, I I think the Vikings run defensive bar plays will certainly be a little bit stronger. And if they're trailing a lot in this game, then you're hoping for a touchdown from Williams. My guess is that we see Swift play significantly more snaps. All righty. Uh... Quintez Cephas, or I mean, Khalif, you have Raymond as your highest ranked Detroit wide receiver? I do. Yes. All right. Is he a top 40 receiver? Top 40, no. Okay. I'd have to double check, but I think he's sort of in that range. Just as a, what the heck? No, he's outside of my top 50 at receiver. He's small, very fast, doesn't have the best hands. Last week was just a really good game for him. If they're trailing against Minnesota, he'll have a chance to score. I don't think he's going to get two. Does anybody love Raymond? <laughs> okay. Uh, and thank you, Jamie. TJ Hawkinson. I are laughed. There... That was good. Oh, I'm sorry. I didn't hear you laugh. You're laughing at my Kareem Abdul-Jabbar joke. Maybe because it's not very timely anymore, but... You made a... When did you make a Kareem Abdul-Jabbar joke? And I said Frank Ragnow was one of the best centers in the league right up there. <laughs> I didn't hear that. That was really good. Uh, thank you. Hawkinson or Schultz. Uh, Schultz for Dave, Hawkinson for Jamie. Hawkinson or Goddard? Hawk. Hawkinson. All right, start Hawkinson. Uh, He's top seven. Kirk Cousins is top 13. He's 10th for Jamie, 13th for Dave, 12th for Heath. And yeah, he's Kirk Cousins. He owns his team, my goodness. Yeah, he's had some, he has had some huge games. I think it's uh, his last five against them. It's like 1,400 plus passing yards, 14 total touchdowns, and no interceptions. Wow. Yeah, and they're not good. So. Stunning that a quarterback's got that kind of track record against the Detroit Lions. Uh, that's good, even against Detroit. Whoever's starting at running back for Minnesota, you're going to start. You're going to go with both wide receivers. You're not going to go with Conklin, so I'll just finish up. Trey Lance or Kirk Cousins? Cousins. Cousins. Cousins or Darnold? Cousins. I think I have Darnold ranked higher. All right. And Minnesota's DST is... In play, 8th for Jamie, 7th for Dave, 12th for Heath. Final game is New Orleans at Washington. And the stat of the game, the Saints are ninth best against running backs. They give up 2.86 yards per carry to running backs. And Gibson isn't always involved in the passing game. So, you know, is he a slam dunk, Dave, Antonio Gibson? I think you have to use him just because the usage is going to be good for him. He plays two-thirds of the snaps for Washington. He doesn't get a ton of catches. That frustrates us, but the we, we've seen some upside from him. He scored each of the last two weeks. There was the fluky catch and run two games ago. Last week was a little bit more believable. And I, just as far as the running back landscape goes, not a lot of guys that can get you over 15 touches per game. I think he's one of them. And uh, the, the matchup's not easy, but I still think Gibson's a good number two option. 
I think McKissick's a great DFS play. Um, you got Gibson banged up. So he's he's been limited in practice. Didn't practice on Wednesday, limited on Thursday. He's going to play. At least that's the hope. But McKissick is uh, going to be their guy when they're chasing points, and I think they're chasing points this week. Well, that's the question. I mean, McKissick's best game is the Giants game. The Giants put up a ton of points. The Falcons put up a ton of points. Most teams do against Washington, but can the Saints? I don't think they're down two touchdowns, but I think they're down probably you know one score. And we know Gibson's not going to be on the field late in the fourth quarter, if that's the case. You might be surprised to know, by the way, because everybody thinks, oh, gosh, the pass defense has been so bad for Washington. It has been, but they, <laughs> but because it's because of attempts more so than anything. I think they're like 15th, 17th in yards per attempt allowed, but they just their run defense is really good. But the, you know, So the teams are throwing all over them, but the Saints, they throw 23 times a game, basically. So this will be an interesting uh, matchup here. Can the Saints stick to the run with Alvin Kamara? you got to figure they're going to throw the ball to Kamara this week after no targets last week. It's another squeaky wheel situation. Sean Payton is too good at that. Yeah. Is Kamara the only Saint you're starting? Yes. Yeah. And Heine- the DST. Heineke is a top 20 guy. He's around 20th. And, yeah, we talked about Gibson. We talked, uh, more on Gibson real quick here. I didn't call him a moron. Just more information on Gibson. Gibson or Damian Williams? Uh, I've got Gibson rated ahead of Williams. Yeah, I might go with Williams and PPR. Yeah. How about Curtis Samuel? Any interest in Curtis Samuel? I saw a report that says he might not play. Oh, no. That would be bad. Yeah, check the practice report today. I would not be surprised if he's out. And so, yeah. Heineke down Logan Thomas and down Curtis Samuel could be bad for them, but maybe it's good for Antonio Gibson and he's yeah. involved more in the passing game. So that'd be a hope. I, I was about to say it could be really good for McKissick, actually. Yeah, it's another reason I like McKissick too. Yeah. Groovy. All right. McLaurin's a stud. Start Terry McLaurin. And which DST do you like better? Saints. Almost positive I have the Saints rated higher. You do. But Thank Heath, you. But Heath doesn't. And that's it for I the show. I want Washington's DF, DST to be good. Sorry to blow your ears out like that. I, I It's so frustrating how bad they've been. Yeah. I I want to see. Let me just see here. Are they just seeing a lot of plays? Is that the problem here? Let me see. They're not they're getting not pressure. Getting the quarterback. Thank, yeah, exactly. They ha- okay, they- there are two teams in the NFL who have seen more plays run against them than the football team. Do you know which football teams have seen more plays on defense than the one foot than the main football team? The Bucks. This is a Texans. very very easy question. The Texans. No, the Seahawks and the Rams. Oh, <laughs> oh come on! <laughs> well, I was say so. They've probably seen the most plays per game. Where they, do they don't get off the field because they can't get to the quarterback. That's true, but they're only eleventh worse in yards per play. So it's kind of an interesting perspective there. All right, everybody, we're out of here. Thank you to Jamie. Thank you to Dave. Remember, 9 a.m. Eastern on Sunday, CBS Sports HQ. We also have the Mailbag Show coming up on Saturday. You can see it on Friday on YouTube. Are you going to change your clothes for the Mailbag Show? Yeah, I am because I have to be on HQ before the Mailbag Show. You'll be dressed up. You'll be fancy. Yeah, I got to shave. and I got to shave. That's Jamie. I'm Dave. Uh, Bye. Just goodbye. (laughs) (laughs) Bye. Bye.